What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain, Marty Skrull, and you are listening to Beyond... No, sorry, what was it? (laughs) Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to our uh, second quarantine episode of uh, Behind the Gorilla. This one even more so than the last one, I think, is a good good way to put that. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're to talk but you about... know what's not being a you know what's not being affected by this, Mark. You know what's going to keep right on going. No, I don't. WrestleMania, baby. WrestleMania is still on. Harris, Vince but, it, but, is but it has 100% lunatic, but it 100% has been affected massively. The show still goes on. Harris, it's going to be horrible forever. It's going to be so there's bad. No, there's no way nobody on the roster has this thing. Oh, like I, that's I, absolutely I know, what's going to happen. Somebody absolutely has it. Somebody's going to get sick this week and like just throw the whole thing into chaos again but harris they're they're pre-taping it this week so it won't even i know (laughs) i know you know what's hilarious okay i feel like this is going to be all the current events we talk about is just how wrestling shows are coping with this mostly they're not like dynamite did a great job of masking it and making it less awkward because they leaned into it a little bit yeah i wanted to talk about that I, I, i wanted to talk about that for sure but they also they they changed how they produced it a little bit. So they put right. people like they put wrestlers in the crowd, which is perfect. Like that's exactly yes. what you have to do. And you just you have to acknowledge that it's weird and that it's different and that you're asking us to kind of play along and you know, you're always spending your disbelief, but do it a little bit more. And that's fine, but like that really worked the way they did it. The way they had wrestlers in the crowd like getting super into everything. I feel like WWE with the exception of like everything Triple H did on commentary has yep. just said, right, we're going to do this exactly the way we always do it because we have one house style and we're just going to shoot the show the same way and there's going to be nobody there. Yep. Like you could you could shoot WrestleMania like a movie. You have an entire WWE film division. Yep. You could make the whole thing like a Broken Hardy compound episode. It could be seven hours of like crazy fights backstage because you're right they're pre-taping everything but instead they're just going to pretend that the whole thing is taking place yep. in front of twenty thousand people see if they're smart you know what they should empty. do with pre-taping it they should just cgi a whole crowd if they're pre-taping it and then just I add in the post noise and all that stuff like just why not just 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 go all for wish... it and let's just see what happens right. Or, or be, they could is... CGI them fighting on an actual pirate ship. I mean, there's so many cool things they could actually do <laughs> that they 100% won't do. But yeah. right, that's the thing. Like, imagine a 20. Like, imagine over the course of the two-day WrestleMania, a giant brawl chase for the 24/7 title through an abandoned Walt Disney World. Like, that'd be pretty cool. There's 
there's so much weird stuff they could do because here's the thing like it's weird to live through an event where you're just kind of going about your everyday life but you're also in the back of your head you're like this is going to be like this is going to change a lot of stuff this is a historical thing that's happening right now and the only way i've really been able to wrap my mind around that is like hey you're about to watch probably the weirdest wrestlemania of all time that will ever be yes like in 20 yes. years they're going to look back and be like hey remember when they ran an empty arena show because they didn't want to move wrestlemania that's happening it's super weird yes yes it is um oh man yeah i i don't i, I don't know i don't know all i know is other than triple h every single thing wwe has done has been absolutely horrible i know some people have liked it I think it's terrible. Uh, Raw was the worst show I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, All right. Obviously, they were stuck because they already did the whole Stone Cold thing for 316. Harris, if you had to pick, I don't know, five or so of the greatest promos in the history of wrestling, five to ten, Stone Cold's going to be up there. And WWE's like, Great. Here's cards. Read this. And you're just like, what? What? Why? This is already bad enough. And now you got one of the top promos of all time. Literally just reading off of cards. And it's the right. most lifeless garbage I've ever seen. And oh, man, it was so <laughs> bad. There were there was what it- one match in three hours. They did the entire Royal Rumble. Just re-aired the whole thing. Like It was it was the worst show I've ever seen, and the two SmackDowns haven't been much better other than Triple H on commentary, and the first one was a lot of fun because it was the same thing as like an AEW type thing where he just kind of acknowledged everything and right. was just kind of going with it, and so it was fun. But uh, yeah, if, if this has been any indi- any indication, this WrestleMania is just going to be absolutely horrible. You just, I don't understand how you can't lean into the situation a little bit more like the the interviews are a perfect example a friend of mine actually texted me he doesn't watch wrestling at all but he was like yo i'm at a bar right now and they have smackdown on and they're just doing the show with no people and i was like yeah and he's like that's ridiculous like he's just being interviewed in front of no one and i said well here's the thing the interviews are where it actually like makes the most sense right because you could like you We've seen studio interviews before. That's like something that works in a wrestling context. We're familiar with that. What doesn't work is when they come to the ring, they do their whole entrance and like pose at certain spots and all this stuff and like gesture to the crowd and then cut a promo like there's 10,000 people in front of them. You have to acknowledge that there's nobody else in the room or this is just ridiculous. But nobody at WWE can do that. Nope. So they're still cutting promos the same way. They're still doing – they did the contract signing with Goldberg and Reigns and then had a stare down to dead silence. Like that doesn't work if you don't have a rowdy crowd. Mm -hmm. And this (laughs) is where WWE's cookie cutter type thing is just totally ruining their entire product because they have no way – they don't know how or either they don't know or aren't allowed to adapt in any way, shape or form. And therefore they're just dying out there. It's like, you know, it's right. like this, the standup comic who's, who goes out there and has the wrong joke set for the crowd. He's, he's performing with, 
and realizes it, you know, two jokes in, but has no idea how to shift gears and so just goes through this whole wrong set anyway. Like when AEW, they're out, they're an improv group out there going out and adapting yeah. to whatever the scenario is because they're allowed to and they can. And, and they've a been million kind times of trying better. to find their voice and like thinking on their feet since they started. Right. So it's a lot easier for them to make that transition <laughs> yep. for WWE, who's been shooting everything the same way for 10 years. Yep, exactly. So anyway, we'll see. Hopefully I'll hopefully I'll be better by WrestleMania time. It's still a couple of weeks so that uh so that we can do something for that Harris cuz that would be that'd be the only way it could be even somewhat bearable, I think. Um who I just knows? I hope they get creative. I you know, I know they're taping a lot of stuff. I've heard they're going to try to do a lot of different kinds of like backstage, you know, matches, confrontations, weird stuff like that. I hope it gets I hope they make it fun. I hope it's not just seven hours of mediocre matches in front of no crowd. And of all the years to do a two day two night WrestleMania, it's just like wow, you guys are really dumb. But all I mean, right. No, that actually I mean that makes perfect sense, especially if they're trying to space it out. Because it's gonna be so low energy anyway. I guess. But oh man. I I Anyway, I don't care. We'll 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 see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Anyway, um, yeah, AEW show amazing. I want to talk a little bit more about that because it's just it, week in and week out. AEW is just like, look, this is how you should be doing professional wrestling. And every week we're all like, yep, they're right. <laughs> they they crushed it this week. This was oh, a great episode so of much wrestling. Fun. It was so much fun because they all know what they're doing and they know that it's just like, all right, well, nothing we can do about it. So everyone go out there and let's just have fun. And that's I what am, they did. I am glad that it, I, I think they moved the Blood and Guts show. Like yeah, I'm annoyed it. that it took them this long and they still were building up for it, like even into last yeah. week. I was like, there's no way they're doing that. Why do you guys keep acting like you're doing it? That was kind of annoying. Yeah, but like, cause that, I mean, that's the kind of thing that has to happen in front of people, you right. know? And there's no reason not to. It's not like they're set with having to do it here. I mean, obviously they've built a bunch of stuff up for it, but it's like, that's fine. You can do that again. Yeah. But, um, the only disappoint, the, the disappointing part was having Brody Lee and Matt Hardy debut with no crowd. I thought that was a little disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I, with Matt Hardy, it kind of works. Just because of his whole weird character, it kind of can work. But just thinking of the pops that would have happened for both those guys, that was a little yeah. disappointing. See, I kind of went the uh, – I, I agree with you. I felt the opposite. I thought the Brody Lee one worked pretty well anyway because he's cutting a sure. promo. Sure. And it actually adds to the dramatic moment. You, like it's obviously – it's taped or whatever. It's on the Titan Tron, that reveal. When that happens – you're more focused on what he's saying because you're not distracted by the crowd, like popping or like they would have started chanting something stupid, you know, or something like that. Like that moment and that little monologue he gave was allowed to really hit home. It was weirder for Matt Hardy because it was so clearly meant to be like he's standing there menacingly and the crowd is going crazy, except there was no crowd. 
Yeah. So he just had to stand there and pose and do the delete thing with nobody to chant delete. So it did like that was way weirder. And I felt bad for him. It was still a cool moment. Yeah. You knew everyone was still excited, but you were just like, man, this is this is missing something. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little disappointing, but still cool. Um, yeah, but it's still cool seeing both those guys in there. Um, highlight of the night, MJF. Just the whole show was absolutely amazing. Just sitting in mm-hmm. the front row, betting on mm-hmm. all the matches with Sean Spears, and then mm-hmm. each of them cheering for someone else, and then just berating the other one was yep. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Just, just the little details like, why would he root for this wrestler and not for right. this wrestler? Well, because he placed a bet on them. Boom. There you right. go. You have a storyline justification. Sean Spears there. is sitting You've there going, it. I put $200 on you, dinosaur. Is fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Like, I agree, man. It's perfect. It Sammy awesome. Guevara doing exactly yep. what everyone is doing at home and singing yep. Judas at the top of his lungs. Yep. The other, really the other superstar of the night is uh, Sammy Guevara oh, coming God. out, grabbing a mic, and singing Judas anyway with no one else there was wonderful fantastic and then uh yeah that that was that was great jericho on commentary was amazing as well um jericho 100 percent could be the full-time color commentator in professional wrestling if he ever wants to because he will fantastic. be one day because he's so good at it because as the heel he doesn't overdo it like he yeah. he 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 knows the whole aspect and i mean he said it several times before he's someone who knows but the whole thing of you you put over your opponents because then it makes you look better in the long run mm-hmm. when you either beat them or lose to them you look better if your opponent has been built up so he does that so he'll say Oh, yeah, Cody's, you know, he's great in the ring or whatever. I hate his guts, but he's in the ring. And you're like, yeah, it's this perfect balance between the the being the heel, but also still being a color commentator. And and he nails it. And and he's hilarious on top of everything else. So he's uh, he's great. And I love I love hearing him every time he does color. It's it's fantastic. The best the best part of this show and again, you talk about leaning into it is right after that that main event match that he was on commentary for. And of course, the bad guy, you know, the heels win. They get right. the advantage. And then you have the whole Matt Hardy reveal. But before that happens, Jericho starts cutting a promo. And first of all, he says, OK, you can stop playing the music. There's nobody here anyway, <laughs> which was just lovely. And the like the complete opposite of WWE just refusing to acknowledge that there's nobody here for this. And it's right. kind of weird. And then he says, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to make it official. We're never going to have an audience again. Right. The last thing I need is you pumpkin headed. You know, he starts people chanting for Cody Rhodes whenever we're trying to put on a show. Like, it was just right. perfect, man. It was now, great. The only problem was they had way too much time to fill. And, yep. uh, and it so, was awkward. So, so he really should not have cut the music early should have used that extra time because they then kept having to tell him "Ah, we need we need you to go longer and so he's like all right i'll try and keep going and started running out of stuff although i did like the i did like the part 
when um, Jake Hager is doing push-ups and he's like, Sammy, get on his back. Uh, have him do that. And I was just like, oh, no, that's not easy. <laughs> and then he barely gets one and then just quits after one. I was like, yeah, because he wasn't going to get him up again. And then Sammy goes down. He's like, I'll do it. And then Jake Hager's like, he just yanks him. He's like, you moron. You can't do that. And that was that was very funny. That made me laugh. Oh, it, was, it was lovely. Listen, if you if you if you're still listening, you've made it this far. Watch this episode of Dynamite if you haven't already. We're yeah. all stuck at home. We have time. Look it up. It's it's genuinely one of the best like episodes of a wrestling show I've ever seen. Full yeah, stop. It was very it's good. it's fantastic television. Yeah, it was very good. Please do it. Um, okay, the only other thing I can think of to talk about is I watched the uh, first part of the Dark Side of the Ring Chris Benoit documentary last night because Vice put it out early mm. on YouTube. And then the second part is airing on uh, Tuesday, I think. But, man, it's it's good. It's really good. Now, I didn't watch any of their first season of Dark Side of the Ring um, from last year. But I, I heard a lot uh-huh. of people say really good things about it. I haven't watched any of it. But I did watch this this part, and it was – man, it, it is uh, – it's it's intense, man. It is intense, but it's, it's nice to see because they pretty much got everyone involved to – talk about it and uh it's it's just it's one of those things that has been so hidden away and not spoken about for so long thanks to wwe that it's just nice to see it be talked about and and that these people get to share you know their their stories behind it and i just i think it's i think it's done really really well my only disappointment with it well not even disappointment the only thing i wish that could have been added because like i said pretty much everyone involved is interviewed for this except for one and that's ray mysterio because he's the only one still working for wwe out of all these people so i get it but it's just you know because there's so much eddie guerrero involved because it's such a big part of the chris benoit story That, you know, hearing, you know, you, you have Vicky there, Chavo, uh, Jericho, Dean Malenko, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I forgot her name, but Nancy, Nancy Benoit's sister, um, all these, you know, basically anyone who was involved real closely in this is there except for Ray. So you hear all these people talking all the Eddie stuff and it's just like, man, I would like, I would like to have Ray there, but he works for WWE and you know, they would never, ever clear that. So that's uh yeah so i I saw you tweet about this i haven't seen it yet i definitely need to check it out probably today but explain so how far does part one go and then you you kind of address this like is there anybody else like that used to work for wwe there talking about chris specifically or is it mostly just been about eddie at this point no 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 no. it's all about chris but there's just a big eddie portion to it because of just how close they were um the, the first part basically ends with the death of Chris Benoit. And then I'm assuming oh, the second okay. part will be the aftermath of everything. It's got to be the fallout, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but no, it's really good. It's really good. It's kind of weird because they shoot all the interviews with the, uh, the people looking directly into the camera, which is very mm-hmm. strange. And mm-hmm. as someone who 
mm-hmm. and learns about shooting interviews and stuff like that. All, you you almost always have them slightly off of the camera because it's unsettling right. looking directly into the camera. Yep. And so I'm not sure if, if that was that, done on purpose. I'm assuming it was done on purpose just to make it more unsettling. But it is kind yeah. of weird because they're just looking directly That's... into the camera. Yeah, I watched I, I watched a couple episodes of the first season and it is very it, it's a good show and it's interesting. My my minor complaint with it is I do I feel like they try a little bit too hard to be super edgy and unsettling. Like little yeah, things like that, that where they have people looking directly into the camera. Like it, it's the world of wrestling in particular is, you know, is dark enough that you can just let the stories and the things that happen and the people speak for themselves. You don't have to try to like yeah. dial it up to 11 with the way you present it and film it and edit it. I, I feel like they do that a little too much for me to say, this is like a great, like my favorite series, but it is, it's really good. It's worth watching. There's some good stuff. The death of bruiser Brody is the episode I remember from season one. That's a very interesting story and something I didn't know a lot about. So I'm glad that, you know, it, it's a cool thing to have out there for sure. I got to check this one out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely would recommend anyone, uh, who hasn't yet seen it to check out the, um, the first part of the Chris Benoit, uh, dark side of the ring documentary. Um, so that's pretty much it for anything going on. Um, this is normally the segment where we talk about what's up with David Arquette. But there's not really anything going on because there's literally just nothing really going on. So, yeah, unfortunately, not a lot. Last week there was because we got the trailer for the uh, for the movie. But uh, this week, you know, not really anything. Yeah. Go check out the trailer if you haven't already. You cannot kill David Arquette. So that's pretty much it. All right. Time to get into the episode, Harris. I'm going to try and get through this. I've been sick the past several days. We'll see we'll See if we can make it through it. See if my voice holds up. But man, boy, we're, this is going to get... <laughs> I don't even know how to preface this properly. Every time we're speechless before we start the show, you know it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah. Um, all right, Harris. We've been doing this show for two years. And, uh, you know, we, we've covered a lot. I think we're up to episode 96 or 97, some, something like that. We're, wow. we're good. Yeah. We're, we're getting closer to our hundredth, uh, hundredth episode We're we're getting real close to our hundredth episode. Um, yeah, this episode is episode 97. Um, well, I, and that includes like the extras and stuff like that that we've had, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting up there. And we've covered a lot. We've covered a wide range of things from several different companies. You know, we've covered WWE, you know, a ton because that's just easy with the network and how many dumb things they've done. Bunch of WCW for the same same reasons. We've covered a little bit of ECW. We've covered a few uh, Japan, Japan crazy stuff, which is my dad's favorite episode, Harris. You're one on the... The baseball uh, one? The baseball episode, yes. That is my dad's favorite <laughs> episode we've done. You know, we've we've talked to David Arquette. We, we've done a lot. Harris, I am going to venture out and say that this is by far the most bizarre and insane story we will ever cover on the show. That's a 
super bold statement. Yes, it is. And afterwards, you can, uh, you will have the opportunity to call BS after you after you hear it. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and okay. I, I dare you to say that this is not the most insane wrestling topic of all time. Okay, uh, Harris, I'm going to start off with this. What if I told you that wrestling was weird? I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. All right, what if I told have... you that wrestling is really weird? You know, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Okay. We have some experience in this. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page so far. Um, now, now as, as I've been saying, you know, about this being the weirdest topic, so I want you to think of the strangest thing that you can think of that's happened in wrestling. I, I just, I don't, you don't need to say it or anything. I just want you to think about it. Okay. Okay. All right. I changed my mind. What is it? I, I don't, there's, here's the thing. There's so <laughs> many different directions to go in with this question that I don't even know how to answer. It's like the weirdest, <laughs> like, is it the weirdest character? Cause even then it's hard to narrow down. Is it the weirdest match? Is it the weirdest like storyline, like sequence of events that happen? In and of itself, that's too broad of a question for me to even answer. Well, this one you know is going to encompass the strange, possibly one of the strangest characters, but definitely the strangest storyline for sure. Um, yeah. So, a slight warning, just ahead of time. Some of the things that we're going to discuss are slightly adult in uh, in nature. Nothing, nothing too graphic or nothing, but uh, still some some adult themes. If there's any 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 kids listening, so just a little. We're bit finally doing the IRS episode, talking about taxes. Woo! No way, I would never steal it's that very, one from you, Harris. It's a very adult subject, you know. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Kids don't understand that uh. stuff. All right, so for this one, Harris, we're going east, far, far east to yep. the uh, short-lived. Japanese promotion of Hustle. This company All was right. This company was founded in 2004 and it lasted until 2009, so about a 5-year run. Now, the best way to describe Hustle is it's like it's like DDT. Yes. But but like even more so. <laughs> yeah. Uh Okay. It was founded with the style fighting opera like you know like there's strong style in japan mm -hmm. well this style is actually called fighting opera um okay it, it's an entertainment first promotion where wrestling mm -hmm. was far secondary to the entertainment oh sounds a lot like wwe right well uh -huh. that is true Sorry. too but uh <laughs> the main kind of aspect of the show main kind of plot featured general uh takata and his attempts to destroy pro wrestling and elevate MMA. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Excellent. He had his monster army, and they were uh, okay. And they would battle the face faction, the Hustle Army. So that that's kind of the that's kind of the overarching plots with with like the within the whole company. But but that's not exactly what we're talking about. We're, we're, ours is a more focused. Uh, situation All and right. our story begins with the great muda now harris do you are you familiar with the great muda 
I've heard the name. I'm not really familiar, but I didn't go, who, when you said that? Okay. But no, not intimately familiar. No. Well, he was one of the biggest pioneers of Japanese wrestling back in the day. Um, I think he started in like the late 80s. He would wrestle in the NWA territories and would he did some work in early WCW in the early 90s. Um, you know, he had his face all painted up and, and his big mm-hmm. gimmick was the green mist or the Asian mist. And he got that from the great Kabuki, who was the first one really to do it. And who was also his kayfabe father in wrestling. But uh, just just remember this because it comes into play very heavily. Great Muda and the, the, the Asian Mist. The next person we have to talk about is uh, Yingling the Erotic Terrorist. <laughs> yeah, let that name yep. just right, uh, sure. sink in for a minute. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when she first appeared in Hustle, she portrayed a character that was a heel, obviously. But then she reappeared as a babyface called Mistress Newling, who was the kayfabe daughter of Yinling. Yes, she played she her pl- own daughter. Perfect. Lovely. Later... Newling was shot with a laser beam and sidelined, uh, so that led to the return of <laughs> Yinling. Okay, I thought you were going to say, like, oh, they killed her off. She got shot with a laser beam, and I was about to be like, oh, that's very sad. No, she's just out. It's just a stinger. She's just out for a few months, got shot with a laser beam. It's basically like spraining your ankle. Well, she never comes back, so. But, uh, <laughs> Okay, well, just kidding. All right, she did get killed off. That's fine. So, that's where we are in uh, in her story. So, um, we now head to the year 2007. Now, Yinling is teaming with Tajiri, um, who you might be familiar with, Harris, because he was in WWE for several years in the early 2000s. Um, well, they're teaming against uh, the Great Muda and Real Gay. Yes, real gay. He was a uh, comedic wrestler who would oversell things like atomic drops, and he would he would pull his tights down, exposing this like thong that he would wear, and would perform stink faces on people. Uh, He would also come to the ring with a leather cap with like Rastafarian dreadlocks underneath and a uh, reggae song. Because just, of sure. course, he was kind of a parody of another wrestler who was called Hard Gay. Um, so that's kind of where that come from came from. I'm not going to get into uh, that character as well because there's too much to cover. But yeah, that, that's just that's where we are here. So um, Yinling would actually wrestle like she's this tiny woman, but would wrestle the guys and they would sell for her most of the time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She would. She also had this whip. She would wrestle with, and she would. She would whip people a lot. So um. So anyway, the match begins, and Tajiri is quickly in control. He's beating down Real Gay, who's just flipping all over the place for him. Uh, Real Gay has a lamp also that he's like furiously rubbing because at at this okay. point, at this point, it's just Real Gay. Like Muda is not here yet. 
Uh, okay, all right, all so right, just real right. quick, just to Go clarify, ahead. it is like a genie's lamp, right? It's not I, like a lamp. Again, Harris, it's really hard to know exactly what's going on because everything is in Japanese. So, <laughs> like, I, I can't quite tell certain things that are happening just because I don't understand what the commentators or anyone are, are saying. But that's what I'm assuming, it's okay. like it's like a yeah I mean it's like a genie's lamp like from Aladdin and he just okay. as he's like coming to the ring he like has it and is like rubbing it and then the match starts and he's kind of just getting beat up by Tajiri and he just keeps like furiously rubbing this lamp and then he finally throws it down on the stage and then all of a sudden a bunch of green smoke just explodes and all this music starts and here comes the great Muda so it seems. Muda is like the Undertaker with his urn, I guess. Yeah, that and makes can sense. be summoned with this lamp. Again, they might explain this, but I don't I don't I I, I don't know. So <laughs> So Muda's here to complete the tag team. He uh he beats up to Jerry for a bit. Uh the ref for this match also is has a mask on, so that's that's fun. Um Tajiri ends up he uh, he tags in Yinling. She brandishes her whip. Real Gay then tags in because he wants a shot at Yinling. He parades around and then immediately tags Muda back in. Um, so they go at it for a bit with Yinling holding her own against the great Muda. And uh, she's whipping him and choking him with her, with her whip. Muda ends up slapping a figure four on her and she's in big trouble until Tajiri comes flying in and breaks it up. She then gets... Gray Muda in an arm bar, but then here comes Real Gay. He starts strutting around in front of her, pulls down his trunks, sticks his thong-covered butt in her face, looking for the stink yep. face, but she then uh, drops the arm bar and then whips him right in the butt, which sims, sends him just flying like he was shot out of a cannon out of the <laughs> ring. Uh, Tajiri tags in. He hits his awesome handspring elbow, and then uh, and also does this awesome kick before Muda is able to, to reverse some stuff and finally gets back in control for a, for just a brief second because Tajiri then hits the great Muda with Tajiri's mist because Tajiri also did the Asian mist. Yinling then comes in, hits the world's most pathetic stunner you could ever imagine in your entire <laughs> life. Like, you know how Steve Austin, you know, kicks him in the stomach and then grabs their head and then drops down like onto his butt and like that's yeah. how he does stuff well she like grabs muda's head and then like softly drops like to her knees in like slow motion and that's the stunner it's the most pathetic thing i've ever seen in my life um interesting so then tajiri hits his awesome buzzsaw kick and it looks like muda might be might be gone so Yinling parades around and she sits on Muda's chest and poses with her whip. But then out of nowhere, Muda grabs her, throws her to the mat. His head is kind of in between her legs and he proceeds oh dear. to spray his green mist right in her, uh, oh. well, uh, <laughs> right in her, uh, uh la oh lady dear. parts, I guess, I guess oh, we'll say. My goodness. All she right. She freaks out. Crawls back to Understandably. the... Understandably. Right. Crawls back to the corner and just passes out. So <laughs> that's clearly a very effective move because it causes people just to pass out. 
He then nails Tajiri with his Shining Wizard, which was his finish, and pins him for the win. So, so uh, Great Muda gets the win. A uh, little strange, though. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're going to put it, we're going to take a pause just for a second. Kind of let everything kind of sink in. Uh, Harris, this is the normal part of the story. Yeah, great. Good. So, um, uh, any, any thoughts right now? Well, it's, I mean, obviously this is insane, but like everything you've just discussed, there is some precedent for. In wrestling, if that makes sense. Like, okay, uh, genital-based moves. Yeah, Joey Ryan, check. I've seen that before. Like, it's inappropriate, but that's kind of the bit. Crazy stuff like that happens in Japan. Uh, well, the, the the eccentric characters, the, the laser beams and things like that, that's a little much. But, like, I've seen Power Rangers. I know how this goes, so I can, I can contextualize all of that, even if it is weird to see it in the context of pro wrestling. I am a little surprised that uh, spraying your green mist into someone's crotch isn't considered like a low blow and a disqualification because there's a reason you're not allowed to just, you know, you can't just kick the wrestler you're fighting in the beanbag if you're fighting another dude. It's illegal. It surprises me that there's not like a very specific rule about that for intergender wrestling. But then again, it also kind of doesn't surprise me at all. So... Yeah, no, this is definitely a lot. I'm a little apprehensive to see where we're going. But I get what you mean when you say, like, this is the normal part. Everything right. you've said so far, I'm like, yeah, all right, of course. <laughs> sure. sure. Okay. Uh, so now's where it gets really good. Um, so a few weeks later, we find out that Yinling is pregnant. Okay, yep. 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 She is yep. impregnated by the great Muda's mist. So this has many implications. Yep. Um, either this is some sort of magical mist with these crazy properties, or it just contains the great Muda's sperm. Take your pick. I was going to say, which is more horrifying? Really? I don't know. Uh, not sure. Also, wow. her crotch yeah, no, was like that's... covered, so it further complicates the situation. Right. Why this had anything to do with it, but it does. So eventually, she would end up giving birth to an egg. Yep. Yep. Yes. Great. An egg. Uh it was this. How? Like... Oh, no. Go I'm, ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm afraid to ask. Go ahead. How big is the egg? Uh, I'm getting there. Um, How big? Is it like a chicken egg? Like it, on a scale of like chicken egg to gobbledygooker, what are we looking at? Oh, no. It's it's closer to chicken egg, but it's way bigger than a chicken egg. So, it, again, I'm, I'm getting to it. So, it was this perfectly round, like greenish-blue sphere that was a little smaller than a bowling ball. So, it's not quite okay. bowling ball size, little bit smaller, but still like way bigger than any egg is. Um, right. So obviously, the situation has taken a rather drastic turn. Um, <laughs> now, when it was time for the egg to hatch, she places it in a bowl of magic water, I'm assuming. Again, all this is hard to follow because all of this is in Japanese. <laughs> 
So, like, when she's talking, it's in Japanese. When the announcers are talking, it like, there's no English anything she, of this. Is she handle? How is she handling all of this? Is she taking this in stride? Or Again, I, I can't really tell. It seems closer <laughs> to in stride than freaking out, but I don't, I can't hear, I don't know what they're saying. Right. So I'm not quite sure. Um, but anyway, so she puts it in this bowl of water and it hatches. Harris. Sure. What do you think hatches from this egg? See, my wrestling and childbirth experience would lead me to suggest a hand but this is obviously a japanese egg so it's probably different i I don't know what hatches it's a giant sumo baby (laughs) yep okay i'll be honest a baby was probably the last thing i expected to come (laughs) out of this egg well because why why have an egg why not just have her I give birth to the baby? I don't know, Harris. That's the most baffling part of all of this. I don't know. Um, okay. He was called Monster Bono. And uh, he was sure. a, he was legitimately a former sumo wrestler named Ak- um, like Akebono Taro, who is actually from Hawaii. And he ended up becoming the first non-Japanese-born wrestler to ever reach uh, Yokozuna, which is the highest rank in sumo. Um, so big time. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, I didn't know that either. So that's where the name came from, I guess. <laughs> I know, right? That's pretty awesome. Oh, that's so – that's like when you find out that, like, Simba just means lion in Swahili or whatever. <laughs> right, right. It's, yeah. it's that same level of – stupid but also very funny so yeah so the wwf legend yokozuna is literally named highest (laughs) highest rank in sumo again i did not know that either until this so learning learning new stuff they just called kenny omega wrestler i mean that's oh that's incredible (laughs) yeah it's pretty cool wow all right so hang on so this is a Dude, you said a sumo yes. baby. Yes. It's a sumo wrestler. Like, how, bi- how big is this guy? We're getting he to came that from point. an egg. We're getting to this point. Okay. So, I'm just, okay. I'm, I'm talking about this guy first, a- Aki, Akibano Taro. So, an actual sumo wrestler. Uh, so, after sumo wrestling, he, he joined professional wrestling in Japan in the early 2000s. In 2005, he made an appearance in WWE and fought Big Show in a sumo match at WrestleMania 21. And oh, he, yeah, I've seen that match. And he, he won that match. So anyway, that's a little <laughs> bit behind this guy. So back to the story. So he was born from this egg, which was birthed by Yinling, who was impregnated by the uh-huh. Great Muda's Mist. That's that's where we are, recapping the story. Mm-hmm. Um, He's this 500-pound sumo wrestler. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's a grown man. But but with the like mind of a of a of a baby. Ah. Uh. So he acts like this little kid and he sucks on a pacifier all the time. Sure. And he sure. speaks in baby talk. How did um, he fit in the egg? That's what I'm still trying to Harris, figure out. There's absolutely no way that he fits in that <laughs> that egg. None. Zero. Zilch. Unless it's like Okay. Yeah, Ma- a magic from like the Santa Claus movie. That that's the only thing I can think of with how he fit <laughs> into that egg. Um. Anyway, so he would destroy most of his opponents wrestling. 
Like, he would just destroy them, obviously, because he's this massive dude. And uh, a lot of times, he would just have the pacifier in his mouth throughout the entire matches as well. You know, because of course. And he he was, of course, managed by his mother, Yinling. But eventually, he started to miss his father. And he wants Aww. he wants the gray Muda around. He would he would even you know cry while he was talking about it because you know he wants his dad. So at New Year's Eve uh, or New Year's Eve hustle, I'm not quite sure what the actual name of this event was. Um, in 2007, a match is set for Tajiri, um, Tinru, and um, Real Gay versus Monster Bono and Yinling. The big question is, will the Great Muda show up to join them? Well, the match starts, and there's no Great Muda. It goes on for a while, and Bono is being beaten down by both Real Gay and Tinaru. Uh, while Tajiri is attacking Yinling, so it looks they're in dire straits here. Real Gay does, you know, he pulls the trunks down. Here comes the butt to do the stink face to Bono, but at the last second, lights go out. Music starts playing ominously. Green smoke starts billowing from the stage, and who appears but the Great Muda? He's dressed like a ghost pirate. I don't even know how else to describe this. Um, and uh, Tajiri, Tinru, and Real Gay are terrified, of course. And Bono is sitting down and clapping like the baby that he is. Super excited right. that the Great Muda has made an appearance. Muda goes over to Bono, and uh, so Muda comes down. He goes over to Bono. Yin, Yinling slowly, or uh, Bono, Bono and Yinling, and then slowly starts rubbing Bono's head and licks it several times. So I guess, I guess he's a a, a dog now, and this is the way he shows affection. I'm I'm not really sure, but that's that's that that that's the. That's the implications here. That could just, that could just be what they do in Japan. Honestly, I wouldn't know. I maybe, maybe. That's I don't normal. know. I have no idea. But uh, this does the trick because Bono is fired up now. He's fired up that his dad has finally returned, and he just goes crazy. Sure. You know, he goes crazy on all all of his opponents. Muda hits the shining wizard, and that kind of eliminates Tenru. Real Gay comes in and. Uh, He's just begging for his life from uh, from the Great Muda, and he starts acting like a baby, clearly thinking if he acts like a baby, maybe Muda will like him as well. I think that's the implication here, which is, I guess, kind of funny. Uh, but it doesn't work. He gets kicked by Yinling. Uh, the family is in mm. gathered together with only Tajiri in between them. Yinling is going to take on Tajiri for some reason, but Muda comes in, hits him with his, his Asian mist, Bono crushes him, and Muda hits the Shining Wizard. Yinling then kicks his face off, and all three sit on top of him and pin him. So the family of Muda, Yinling, and Monster Bono are victorious. How sweet. So the whole family back together, but after the match, Muda Muda just leaves. Just just leaves, starts walking down the ramp, Mm. much much to the dismay of Monster Bono. He really wanted his yeah. dad to stay around, but Muda, Muda doesn't. He disappears, and Bono just breaks down weeping. So, not nearly the happy That's ending rough. of that we thought you know was going to happen. So this yeah. would continue with Muda being a loving but mostly absent father, and uh, 
Mm. Bono would compete in singles matches managed by his mother. And this was not a great thing for Bono because, again, remember, Yinling is an erotic terrorist and is not a good guy. And so she's not a very good mother. (laughs) She would constantly just belittle and, and just abuse her son, Monster Bono, not treating him well. So this would eventually lead to Bono turning on her and turning face. So this, of course, Great. led to a match between them. Yes. Sure. Yes. Classic. Uh, the tiny woman Yinling versus the 500-pound sumo wrestler Monster Bono. And the match lasts like seven minutes. Somehow. <laughs> and it's a back-and-forth contest. <laughs> Bono sells for, for like well, half the match. Psychologically, it must be very difficult for him to fight his own mother. I'm sure that contributes well, that's, to it. Well, that's what, that's what I have to go with because, I mean, other, otherwise I can't go with anything. So uh, I'll, I'll just buy <laughs> – I'll buy that the idea is he doesn't want to hurt his mom. So I'll, I'll buy that. But eventually he does and he – just goes after her, and he crushes her several times in the corner. She collapses very dramatically to the canvas, barely clinging to life. Bono is now torn, but he screams and crushes her with a big splash and pins her. <laughs> he crouches by her, holds her in his arms as she dies. Yes, Harris, she dies! <laughs> he well, killed that, his own that mom! That makes more sense than... That makes more sense than 75% of the things you've talked about so far. Because, like, yeah, he's a big boy. That would happen. If he jumped on me, I'd probably die, too. Like, that's that's a tragedy, man. But it's, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what he thought was going to happen. That seems inevitable to me. You would think, but uh, (sighs) um, this would end up being her retirement retirement match as well. So that's why they did this. What? Literally just kill her off. What a way to go out, too. Killed by your own son, I guess. Killed? Look, um, not enough wrestlers stick to their retirement commitments, and I respect her for just being like, why don't you just kill me off? Like, not even lose the match. Just like, nah, she's dead, you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, good for her. Um, You're like, I guess. So, uh, that's pretty much the end of the story of um, of the great Muda impregnating a woman with his green mist her giving birth to an egg who hatched into a sumo baby that would eventually yep. turn on his mother and inadvertently kill her. Tale as old as time. That's the breakdown of this storyline. And uh, thanks to the Uproxx article, The Strange Pro Wrestling History of the Great Muda and His Sumo-Sized Egg Baby, because they they uh, kind of... <laughs> They kind of outlined the timeline, uh, which was which made it a little bit easier to to mm-hmm. to go through the um the story. Although I, w- I was able to find several of the matches, but um yeah, that's the that's this story, Harris. So please tell me that this isn't the most insane wrestling story of all time. Yeah, no, I think it has to be, and I think we we touched on this a little bit earlier, but it's like. There are like seven or eight different elements of this story that we've touched on before in professional wrestling. And the difference is like that was they were all one topic like, oh, right. One time Mae Young gave birth to a hand. That was crazy. And that was it. Like that was the topic, you know, 
Yeah. Or I don't I don't think we've actually done an episode on the gobbledygooker, but one time the gobbledygooker nope. happened and there was a giant egg and then a bird came out of it. Yep. That was weird. This is yep. like this is all of these different elements combined in one story somehow into one storyline and it would happen in japan that that is the least surprising thing of all of this because no of course they have some wild you, you're right i think the silliest match we've ever covered was the baseball match or whatever i don't remember what it was called but yeah, i don't either but it that, was yeah the, that was nuts. it was the like falls count anywhere in a baseball stadium yeah it was awesome it was amazing it, it Similar. So the only thing that kind of surprises me here is that there weren't too many crazy gimmick matches, although clearly there's no rules because you can kind of just do whatever you want. But yeah. there wasn't any crazy stipulation on paper. Right. Which just makes all the madness. Well, again, maybe there was. I don't know because I couldn't understand what anyone was saying. <laughs> OK, but that's but there weren't, you know, there weren't like boxes of stuff. Or yeah, anything, you know what true. I mean? I'm thinking about that. uh you know, the WCW match where there was like a box on a pole in every corner and one of them had the title and <laughs> right. one of them had like a framed portrait of Eric Bischoff. Like there weren't any crazy gimmick matches on paper, right. but that just makes all the stuff that was actually happening even more insane, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's one of those I, I, I read somewhere. Uh, I don't even remember where I saw it, but I read somewhere talking about the great Muda making someone pregnant with his mist. And that's all I saw. And I was like, all right, writing that down on the list. I don't know yep. where that's going to lead. <laughs> and then start going through and it's like, oh, okay. It led to a birth of an egg, which was birthed into a sumo baby. And then he killed his mom. All right. Well, yeah. th- here we go. <laughs> Some very real Power Rangers Godzilla vibes throughout this entire episode, too. Except there's no bit where, like, baby Godzilla accidentally kills his own father. There was never that's a heel true. turn. That's true. In those old Japanese movies. But, wow. Yeah, no, that's... I think that might take the cake. That's going to be pretty hard to top. It's going to be really hard to top. Like, like there's there's, there's now, too see, many is... things all happening in the same story. I can't even imagine how yeah. much crazier it would be if I actually knew what they were saying. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, man. Somebody translate that for us because we got to know. That's – man. That's the only thing I think that's really missing here is just imagining like poor Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross having to call that. <laughs> uh, imagine like 2000 Tony Schiavone trying to just mm-hmm. just power through this uh, this storyline trying to make it seem important. He would do it too. Mm-hmm. If anyone could do it, Tony Schiavone could. Man, he did it for like two years. I guess in WCW. Yep. Oh man, but yeah. Good luck to both of us trying to find a crazier wrestling angle, ever. And I don't know. I don't know if we can do it, man. It, it would have to be something in DDT. That's the only thing I can think yeah, of. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it. It would have to be Japan. That's really the only option. Yeah, yeah. Um, Japan's just weird. It, it's uh, it's so, it's so weird. <laughs> it's such a weird place. I don't understand it at all. But uh, but they produce good wrestling they, at the they, same time. So you know, it's it's t- it's fifty fifty or whatever. Man. They were doing that. I mean, I I remember when the coronavirus it hadn't even hit the U.S. yet, 
and it was just starting to hit Japan really hard and they were canceling events and stuff, they were still putting on wrestling shows with no people. So like the women's promotion stardom had their annual show and they just called it no people gate and had it live on YouTube (laughs) in front of no people. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, man, that's Japanese wrestling. It's great. They just go with it. Sure. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) everyone try and settle down after that. Yeah, if you know of something crazier than that, uh, let us know. Please let us We'd know. We'd love to watch it. We would love, Cons- love to do something on it. Because I right now, that's the bar, man. That's the bar. And, yeah, no kidding. And man, if we could somehow find something that tops this bar, that would be... I, my brain can't even like comprehend it. So, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Alright, guys. Well... Pretty much does it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure and check us out on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. Always tweeting random wrestling stuff. And uh, you follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. Also on Instagram, we're the same at behind underscore gorilla. So check that out as well. Um, yeah. And as we said earlier, send us any. Send us your strangest episodes, anything we haven't covered yet, a crazy wrestling topic that you want us to cover. Please shoot us a tweet, and we would love to uh, love to get on that for sure. Uh, any final thoughts before we sign off, Harris? Uh, no, y'all just hit me up with other wrestling I can watch this week too. I'm just going kind of back through old stuff with no particular direction in mind. It's fun, but, you know, if you have a good one, hit me up. Let me know. Yeah, I've been watching old WrestleManias to remind myself what we're missing. So uh, I watched WrestleMania 20, one of my favorites the other day. Um, I'm mostly mm. through WrestleMania 21. And uh, not sure what, not sure which one I'll go to next, but uh, I've been enjoying that. Makes me even more sad for this year's WrestleMania. Like, oh, yeah, remember? This is what WrestleMania should be. <laughs> But oh well. Yeah. Can't, can't be helped. It can't. Anyway, maybe it'll be more interesting with our other chop bet, Harris. So maybe that'll make it more more interesting for, for us and for everyone else. So who knows? Who knows? Who's to say? Anyway, that does it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode Behind the Gorilla, and we will talk to you next week.